Welcome back to the Almost Shameless Podcast. I am your host, Tanya Ray Fox. Thank you for joining me. We are officially into week one. Last night, Thursday night, kicked it off with Rams, Bills, and uh, we learned some things, I feel like, about the Bills. Uh, I think we learned some things about the Rams, but of course, we're going to temper. We're going to temper. We're going to try to stay level about everything. It's one game in one week. We have plenty more games coming up Sunday. So we're going to talk about Rams bills, what we learned, what it means. Obviously, anytime the bills play, it has implications for the Patriots. It's going to be a long season for the Patriots. So um, we will get into that. I also, you know, I want, I told you last week, we're going to do an NFC kind of like predictions, preview, whatever you want to call it. I think that as the season goes on, uh, it's going to become clear that once again, the AFC is probably the better division, but obviously with the Rams looking the way that they did last night, things may be opening up in the NFC West and in the NFC in general. And there are obviously lingering contenders that have been there over and over again over the last few years that'll be vying for those spots and maybe some new teams that pop up. So we're going to get into both of those things. Um, Let's kick it off with Bill's Rams and what we learned and what we didn't. First of all, um, you know, the first half of that game, I think, had people fooled, right? Because there was a few interceptions. Josh Allen made a couple of mistakes. They weren't even really his fault, honestly. Like, the interceptions weren't even that egregious. But the Rams did really nothing to capitalize on the turnovers. Lots of, I mean, there was like three, four turnovers, four turnovers, I think in that game. And, uh, they didn't do much to capitalize on it. Obviously Rams lost 31 to 10. So it was a pretty solid blowout. And I think that there is something to be said for the first game of the year. Obviously both teams knowing who they're going to play for a long time, having a chance to game plan. The bills know that they're going up against the super bowl champions and the bills really feel like they should have been in the super bowl last year. And I think that they wanted to prove what would have happened had they been there. Right. If the Bills had been in the Super Bowl, would the Rams be Super Bowl champions right now? I think even last year, we would have all agreed that the Bills would have won the Super Bowl had they made it. Um, The Chiefs, too, as well. The Bengals were such a sort of anomaly of a team, got like this run of destiny in the playoffs and made it there. And they made it a game for as long as they possibly could. But the Bengals are not the top to bottom team that the bills or even the chiefs were last season. So I think the bills wanted to prove to themselves, right. They were worked up. We could have won that game. We're going to show you what we're made of. Right. And the addition of Von Miller turns out was pretty legit. Uh, I had my doubts. I don't know why I had my doubts. You know, sometimes I think that I let people, other people's um, opinions, like it was too much money. It was too big of a contract, whatever kind of seep into my brain when all the evidence is there that Von Miller can still play his ass off. So uh, clearly he can. Devastating news for the Patriots that that front is, um, has gotten better. What the Bills did last night, you know, they, I think Matt Stafford was sacked like seven times. So things were going well for them, but um, there are other teams like the 49ers that the Rams are going to have to deal with that are going to be able to pressure even more on that front. Um, the bills were only rushing for as Collinsworth pointed out, you know, Oh, if they can do this, if other teams could do this, I think they've solved the Rams, right? Uh, not exactly, uh, the easiest thing to pull off and the Rams definitely have 
some concerns on that offensive line. The offensive line has definitely regressed. Matt Stafford, something, something's up with that arm. He didn't look right. He did not look himself. There were a few throws that were great. He doesn't look like he can't play by any means, but I'm not sure that he is on a level that they need him to be at to compete in the NFC on the across the long haul. I mean, again, one week, we're going off of one week. Cooper Cup, still insane. I just, how much can you use Cooper Cup until he starts to get tired? Like if you had said he would have the stat line he had last night and they would have lost that game by a lot, they would have gotten their asses kicked. That's concerning. That's concerning. Those are the things that you see from these kind of front runner teams where they've got like these few elite players like Aaron Donald, like Cooper cup that still blow out, you know, everybody else at their position, but the rest of the team isn't holding up their end of the bargain. And, you know, I didn't see any like major, like massive concerns in terms of, you know, what Sean McVay was doing on the sideline or whatever. They just couldn't hang. It is very clear that the bills are coming for the Super Bowl, right? Now, week one is never going to tell you all you need to know about a team. The first month is never going to tell you all you need to know about the team. There can be injuries. There can be bad matchups. You know, a coach can come in with a perfect game plan, even against a team as good as the bills, even against a quarterback as good as Josh Allen, right? Even when Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were firing on all cylinders in their prime, they would get got by the Ravens or the Broncos, teams that like had great matchups that knew how to play Tom Brady, weren't afraid to get in his face and pressure him, all that stuff. Obviously, Josh Allen is a very different player and his mobility is a concern for basically everybody in the rest of the NFL. Having somebody who can throw like that and run like that is horrifying. But for the longevity of Josh Allen's career, they're going to have to have him be passing a little bit more, especially as the weather gets worse, field conditions, things like that. Like you can't have him out there moving around as much as he is horizontal, as much as he is. Right. So there's all these different things that you can pull from this game and say, like, it would be nice if they had their best cornerback out there. Right. Like they need white out there. Um, I think obviously the emotional component of the game was a big thing for the bills. And I mean, their loss to the chiefs has been bothering them all off season. They have not been quiet about that. That is not something they've been shy to talk about. So, you know, I think we probably should have expected this a little bit more than we did. Obviously it's hard to expect the super bowl winners to come out and get their asses spanked at home, but this happens, right? You come off of a Super Bowl and you've achieved the thing you've always wanted to achieve. A player like Matt Stafford finally getting his ring. A coach like Sean McVay finally getting his ring. Do I think Sean McVay lost his desire to continue to win? No, but he did finally get married. You know, he did finally take a little time to himself this summer. The intensity, no matter how good you are, and I said this last year after the Bucks won the Super Bowl, like the Super Bowl hangover of winning is so hard to overcome because no matter how motivated you are to get back, the urgency is not the same. That's why what the Patriots did year in, year out, especially with the three out of four in the early 2000s and then going to the four out of five right before Brady left, it's really extraordinary. It's, it's, you know, the hard assness of Belichick's off season and his approach that like, as soon as he's won a ring, he's looking to prepare for the next season. It's because winning a Super Bowl can really set you back in terms of your potential 
going into the next season, trying to keep everybody motivated to get back there in the same way they were when they got there the first time. It's human nature. It's human nature to, to achieve something you've tried for your entire life and then take a breath. You know, this is not a criticism of the Bucks or the Rams, right? Like this is what happens. Um, but I mean, considering they lost Von Miller, they lost Odell Beckham, these two pieces that they brought in that really kind of congealed the whole team into what it became to win a Super Bowl. And, you know, they lose Whitworth. There's all of these things that we probably should have been a little more concerned about in terms of pretty important stuff on both sides of the ball. And it was evident last night. Now, am I ever going to underestimate Sean McVay's ability to get his team back to the playoffs? No. But does this team look like it's ready to make another Super Bowl run right now? No. So I think we didn't learn everything we need to know about the, the Rams last night. But I do think we learned a lot more about the Bills than we did about the Rams. The Bills, even without Tredavious White, have had the, the best defense you could possibly ask for, right, last night. Like, they did everything that they were supposed to do. Offensively, they're terrifying. They're just terrifying. Offensively, Josh Allen is terrifying. He is not afraid of anything. He is, not a, he is that mid-range, that, the ability to work in those shorter passes and in that quick game has already improved from last season. So you think back to a game like the, 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 the game that the Patriots won in the crazy wind, right? Where Mac only threw twice, they ran the ball the whole game and won that bizarre game. This version of Josh Allen, I don't think he lets that happen. I, I don't think he lets that happen. And I'm not saying he, obviously they wouldn't, they'd be more prepared this season after having done it again. If you, if you play the game in that condition, those conditions, again, Sean McDermott and the rest of the coaching staff is going to have a plan. Right. But I'm not saying it in that way. I'm saying take this version of Josh Allen and put him in those circumstances again, even without any prior knowledge of what the Patriots did last year. And he's already more prepared to work those shorter passes in a shorter field and get it out quick. I mean, he was, he was getting to second and third reads in under, you know, three seconds in like 2.5, 2.6, 2.7 seconds last night. It's very difficult for even a great pass rush to deal with a guy who can do that. He's not even rolling out, let alone when you're rolling out. So what that means for the Patriots is that I will say it's one game and I try extremely hard to not overreact or get over the top about these things. And I'm critical of people who do because it's so unhelpful, right? It doesn't provide context. We are all, we all love football so much. So when we see football, we want to react to it. We want to be emotional and reactive to it. That's the whole point of this. It's the whole point of loving sports. But I try to stay, take a step back and not do these like season, come up with these season long, um, ideas about what's going to happen based on one, two, three games that the people used to do that to Patriots all the time, right? There's a, the most famous Patriots era quote of all time. We're on to Cincinnati is because the Patriots got their asses handed to them by the chiefs, you know, and everybody was like, something's wrong. Something's wrong with this team. Something's wrong with this team. What is up? It was like week three, week four, right? They won the Super Bowl that year. That happened a lot. I saw it happen a lot. Anytime, anytime there was a stumble, anytime there was a weird loss, it happened. So no overacting to this one way or the other, especially in week one. I mean, that was in like week four and we were still was too early. 
But as far as the Patriots go, I got to see them play. I'm excited to see them play how they handle the Dolphins. But as of right now, I cannot imagine the Patriots having what it takes to beat the Bills this season. Doesn't mean they can't make the playoffs. Doesn't mean they can't be good. But I don't, I just don't see it. I don't know how they do it. It would have to be game planning that, of course, I am not capable of conceiving of because I'm not Bill Belichick. Later on, after I do my NFC stuff, I do want to talk about what a, what the Patriots game against the Dolphins in week one means to me and what I feel like we should take away from it one way or the other. But as it stands right now, I think it's safe to say, and this, this is big for me to say, honestly, that Patriots fans should not count on the Patriots beating the Bills this season. If it happens, it doesn't mean don't hope for it when we watch the game. Doesn't mean things can't happen. We saw what happened last season. All kinds of variables can pop up. Injuries can happen, whatever, right? But I would say maybe put the Patriots ceiling at 15 and two, right? I mean, obviously they're not going to go 15 and two, but I would pencil in two losses off the top. Just pencil in two losses to the Bills off the top. It's going to be easier for all of us if we go in expecting to lose and maybe getting a nice surprise if they pull something out. You know, divisional rivals are a different story. It's much different playing against a division rival than even a conference rival or a team from another conference, right? Always say this. I say this all the time. You never know what's going to happen in division. Those games are, those teams are so familiar with each other. They know each other. There's so much importance to winning those games. There's so many emotions that go into those games that things can go differently because the very, there's just more variables. There's more emotional and mental and physical hurdles to go through when you're playing division rivals. But I'm just saying, I mean, we, we know if we're honest with ourselves, we know Mac is not on Josh Allen's level, right? We know that that's okay. He's not. Max in his second year, Josh Allen is like a full on veteran with a ton of experience. Now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league and has been for the last few years. So Max, not Josh Allen, the Patriots defense probably going to be pretty good. Does it look like it could match up to what the bills were able to do against the Rams last night? I don't think so. Not from what I've seen. That's okay though. I still think they could have a really good defense. There's no reason the Patriots can't have a top 10 defense any year under Bill Belichick. I think that's a perfect, perfectly reasonable expectation. You know, they have Bill Belichick and I still think no matter what anyone says, he's a better coach than Sean McDermott for sure. And that's always going to be something they can, they can look to, but for my peace of mind, I'm going to pencil in the two bills games as losses later in the season, build up momentum till you get there. That's the fun part too, right? As the Patriots will be a much more fully formed team in terms of their identity and what they want to be, if they're going to make a playoff run um, when they face the bills. So that's great. Love to see it. Um, the bills will also be that. So excited to see what happens there. Let's move on to some quick NFC predictions, look around and see what's going on over there. Let's just start with the NFC West since the Rams played last night and we know where they stand. A few weeks ago, I tweeted that I think the Rams are going to finish third in their division. And everybody was like, eh. um, I'm still not like, this isn't based on last night. You know, I don't think last night proved anything one way or the other. We haven't seen any of the other teams in that division play. And, and they all have a lot of things that could go right or wrong for them, right? Um, the Seahawks, to me, obviously are the weakest team in that division. Who knows what's going to happen there? Um, I think they could be like maybe a 500 team 
but I, that's their ceiling, right? So you got to kind of just leave the Seahawks out of it. And we know the Niners are a very, very good roster. We know everything. They have everything it takes to be a playoff team, to make a long run. They have a great coach, all of it, everything they need, except there's a huge question mark at quarterback. And by keeping Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster there, lurking behind Trey Lance, that could make or break them. You know, if Trey Lance is the kind of guy, if he's a Tom Brady type guy, if he's an Aaron Rodgers type guy, that may motivate him. You know, that may be the thing that gets him to get to that next level quicker than he even may have before. Could also break him, you know, and we don't even know if he has the straight up talent day in, day out to, to be what the 49ers need. Um, at this point in his career. So we're finding out two things at once. We're finding out his mental makeup and we're finding out whether or not he can really ball all in all at once. If that goes right, the Niners to me are the clear favorite to win that division. If it goes wrong, it's a crapshoot. You know, they've pulled out, they have enough on their roster that they could pull out wins against anybody at any time, even with some inconsistency at quarterback, but could they be a Super Bowl contender, probably not. If the quarterback position is struggling, they're not. That's just, we don't live in a world where you can get to a Super Bowl with subpar quarterback play anymore. As far as the Cardinals go, there's another team. You know, without DeAndre Hopkins, things are a little iffy. Um, they, they lost Christian Kirk, which I think is a bigger loss than people are like necessarily realizing. I don't, it's not that, I don't think that they can replace his production. I just think it's going to like switch things up he's a very good slot receiver. And I just think it's, it'll be interesting to see how that works uh, without those guys on the field. And Tyler Murray is a badass football player, but he's small and he gets hurt and it worries me. But at the same time, they have gotten better the last couple of years. There is a world in which they are competitive enough in that division and the Rams are struggling enough that they leapfrog the Rams. I mean, they have the better quarterback right now. You know, if Kyler's playing at his best and Matt Stafford's playing at his best, Kyler Murray is better. I do think that they have the weakest coach in the division. I don't trust Cliff Kingsbury at all, really, especially in like late game situations, fourth quarter situations. He's like a, he's a timeout waster. Hopefully he gets some of that under control this season, but in general, I do think that there's enough variability that you could see that team leapfrogging the Rams at some point in the season. Now let's head over to the NFC North. I have been open on Twitter that like, I'm kind of like a pseudo Lions fan right now. If I have to pick an NFC team to root for, I'm also going to pick the underdog team with the ridiculous head coach. That's super fun and over the top and super old school. And they're an underdog team. There's nothing not to like about Lions fans. Like they're just downtrodden and always doing their best. Um, they've been super entertaining on hard knocks, like all that stuff. Like they're just, there's nothing not to root for, but they're not, you know, they're not going to compete um, in terms of winning the division. Like that division really is up to the Vikings and the Packers. And I will cut both my own arms off before I bet on Kirk Cousins over Aaron Rodgers to win that division. Until Aaron Rodgers is no longer the quarterback of the Packers, I am not picking the Vikings to win the division. Now, that doesn't mean I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be the MVP again this year. It doesn't mean I think that they're, that the Packers are going to win the Super Bowl. But they've been consistent enough over the years, as much as it's hard to kind of believe that Matt LaFleur is some sort of genius 
when he's really, it seems a lot of times like he's just writing um, the productivity of Aaron Rodgers to success. The Vikings, new head coach, a whole new situation there. You know, the very, the variability with a, on a team with a new head coach and a, and a quarterback with the ceiling that Kirk Cousins has in terms of winning close games and things like that. I'm not taking them over the established duo of Aaron Rodgers and LaFleur and what they've got going on there. I am really interested to see how Rodgers function, functions without Devontae Adams. But again, the man's won two consecutive MVPs, whatever. I have no allegiance to the Packers or Aaron Rodgers. I don't particularly care for him or that team, but let's just be honest. And the Bears, I don't know, man. I want Justin Fields to be good. I, I like him. I hope he's good. I hope he gets better. But like, until they learn that like offense matters at all in the NFL, they're just going to continue to like skate by not being worse than the Lions. That's their like claim to fame at this point. Let's go to the NFC South where Tom Brady is lurking uh, once again. I don't want to get into any of the like controversy around Tom Brady and his retirement and all that stuff. Like I'm sure I've talked about it at some point, but I think that the vibe around that team, if I were a Bucks fan, I'd be concerned. You know, Brady doesn't get distracted from football. Like it just doesn't happen. But if there's a chance that his personal life takes a turn that it's not taken during his, the rest of his playing career, I don't know, man, that's hard to overcome. You know, that's a man that loves his family. I, whether he loves them the way they want to be loved, I can't say, but he does love his family. And I don't, I don't know, man, Todd Bowles is a very different type of head coach than Bruce Arians. You know, I think he's probably more than happy to let Tom Brady run the offense, but it is a different vibe, right? So to me, it's really going to come down to the health of the receivers on that team and whether or not Todd Bowles can get that defense back to where it was two years ago. And they've lost a few players from that, from that side of the ball. So I don't know that they're going to, like, I don't envision them losing the division right now to any of the other teams in their division. I mean, the Falcons are rebuilding. The Panthers are a total crapshoot. And I don't think Matt Rule is going to have a job after this season unless they make the playoffs. So, you know, do I think Baker Mayfield is going to be the reason that the Panthers somehow overcome the Buccaneers or the Saints in that division? No, no, I don't. The Saints are interesting. They always play the Bucs really well. They always did under Sean Payton. And obviously Dennis Allen is a different kind of guy, but he definitely has the right edge and the right like motivation factors. I feel like he is the kind of coach who's not going to be afraid to do what he needs to do against a team like the Bucks. And the last time we saw a healthy Jameis, it was, he was pretty wild, you know, like, I don't know, man, I, you know, they're kind of the saints are one of those teams that I think their roster is a little underrated because the questions at quarterback are always going to leave us to kind of put them in on the back burner in our minds. But I, you know, again, the team, the, the games between those two teams, between the Bucks and the Saints are always competitive. They're always good. I believe that maybe of all of the, you know, new hire coaches in the NFL, I think Dennis Allen's been a little overlooked in terms of the difference that he can make and how he can keep that team competitive post Sean Payton. And the final is the NFC East. The Cowboys are like a comedy of errors right now. Cleat issues, dumbbells being dropped on people's bodies. Someone got stung by a bee. It's like play the like behind everything that they do. They're 
already, you know, Jerry Jones has already said point blank, like, yeah, winning is nice, but staying, you know, important is more important to me. He really wants Zeke to have a comeback year. I don't know, to prove something. I don't know that they understand their offensive identity in any way, shape or form. Their offensive line is not what it used to be. And defensively, I have questions. So I don't think the Cowboys are winning that division. I think the Eagles are winning that division. Jalen Hurts, it was kind of on the precipice of something last season, uh, ran for 10 touchdowns. He, you know, led the, led the league in rushing touchdowns for quarterbacks. He's exactly the type of quarterback that we've seen succeed in the NFL over the last five years. Their roster is really solid on both sides of the ball. Nick Sirianni proved himself last year. I had totally, I was like, who is this guy? Like I just had no expectations for him whatsoever. And I thought he did a really good job. And I think he's a much better locker room guy than we might've realized. So that, to me, that's the Eagles division. The commanders horrify me on many levels. Um, I'd ra- I, I'm so sick of watching Carson Wentz that if I can avoid watching any commanders games this year, I'm going to. And as far as the giants are concerned, I don't know, they'll probably be better. I think, you know, getting the offensive coordinator of the Bills is probably going to help their team. But do I think Daniel Jones is going to suddenly be the guy that can get you to the playoffs? Probably not. I've been holding on to my Daniel Jones stock for so long. It's that like pennies at this point. I'm not going to sell it because I've, I've gone this long. I have one more season to hopefully see something from Daniel Jones. Would it be unusual for someone to have a breakout season this far into their career? Yeah, but you know. We've seen crazier things happen, right? Josh Allen didn't become Josh Allen, the Josh Allen we know until like year three and then really also year four. So you never know. But I think that's the Eagles division. Um, And then based on everyone else, like, listen, I don't know. It's hard to tell if the Cowboys are going to be a wildcard contender or not. Like I said, I think the NFC West is probably just like the AFC West. Like they could end up having two, three teams. Vikings and Packers could end up sort of vying for one of those spots so like then you look at the nfc south saints and bucks so i don't know there's a chance that the that the cowboys fall out of the playoffs completely and that the only team to make it in is the eagles and i'm not putting that out of my mind i think the cowboys are in a bad way i just i just do i just do mike mccarthy was a massive mistake and at some point they're gonna have to pay for that mistake Okay, quickly before we go, I just want to talk about what's what we should expect from Patriots Dolphins on Sunday. Here's the thing. The Dolphins made some good offseason moves. It's annoying that we have to now deal with Tyreek Hill on the Dolphins, already having had to deal with him on the Chiefs so many times in the past, right? But two is not Patrick Mahomes. As much as Tyreek Hill would like to have us believe that, he is not. And I do believe that of the two, Mac Jones is the better quarterback. They have a brand new head coach who is funny and definitely seems like he understands how to scheme offense. I do think two is going to be a lot better under Mike McDaniels than he was with Brian Flores. But like, what does that mean? I don't know. I said last week that I will believe in the Dolphins when they give me a reason to believe in them. And as far as I'm concerned, the Patriots have no excuse to lose this game. They are the team who has the more consistent roster. They're coming into a second year with Mac Jones. They're the team with the better head coach. They're the team with the identity. They're the team who knows who they are going into this season in comparison to the Dolphins. They have the identity. You know, they've lost some dumbass games to the Dolphins over the years, but this is not a year they can afford to do that. Because like I said, if if we can expect that there's going to be a couple losses to the Bills this year already etched into their schedule, 
you cannot be losing opening season games to the Dolphins. Like we got to be done with that. And I honestly, genuinely believe that Bill Belichick knows that. I think he is taking this game extremely seriously and he should because, you know, three losses in division, if that's what it comes down to, is going to be really hard to overcome, especially because they followed that up with the Steelers, Ravens, and Packers. Now the Steelers aren't exactly, uh, I think the Patriots defense will be fine, but defensively they are going to challenge Mac Jones and his offense. The Ravens, we already know, we already know, never take that team for granted and the Packers. So they do not have an easy first month. You gotta beat Tua and his brand new head coach. You gotta do it. I'm sorry, like no excuses. If they come out of that game with a loss, I will be concerned. Week one, I will be concerned. Will I write off the season? No, of course not. There's still nuance to this, but will I be concerned about how they get to 11 or 12 wins to make the playoffs? Yeah, I will. I'll be concerned. They have to win this game. I don't care how they do it. They don't, Mac doesn't have to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. They don't need to rush for 200 yards and two touchdowns. They don't need to pick off two or three times. I don't care how they do it. I don't care if they win the game 12 to 11, but they've got to come out of that game with a win in some sense of what they need to work on and what, you know, where they want to go from here without an L on their schedule in week one, without being zero and one heading to go deal with the Steelers and the Ravens and the Packers. So that's where I'm at. We will see what happens. You know, normally I'm not so terrified of week one or week one losses or anything like that. But in terms of what they're facing after seeing what the bills did to the Rams and knowing what they're staring down the barrel of this season in that conference, beat the dolphins and their rookie head coach and Tua. It's the least you can do, right? It's the least you could do. All right. That's it for me this week. I'm looking forward to catching up with you on all the week one games, Patriots, everybody else included. It's here guys. It's finally here. I'm so excited. I can't even believe it. I freaked out. I it's been, you know, you know, the heat wave has been insane. It's still going. That's why I'm like in full on crop top mode over here because it is extremely hot. But yesterday I made sure the AC was going at a high enough so that I could put on my Fox sports sweatpants and watch that game and feel the real fall football vibes. It was a really good feeling. I've had a tough off season. It's been a tough time to enjoy football purely for football's sake. The NFL makes it hard, but I felt that joy spring back up yesterday, watching Thursday night football, wearing my sweatpants, drinking my red wine, and I'm looking forward to doing it for the rest of the season with you guys. So thank you for tuning in and I will talk to you soon. Bye.